If you have your air conditioner on, can you turn it off? I mean, if you want me to die in the middle of this episode. Yeah, I do. Alright, I'm Hunter. Your name is Huey. <laughs> That's correct. And this is a Spider-Man special. Spider-Man. If I have to hear that goddamn Spider-Man song one more time, I'm going to kill myself. Everything was eclipsed by the uh, Eminem Venom song. <laughs> <laughs> Venom, 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 Venom. Okay, you, you have to give it this. It is the perfect indie song for that movie. It is. It's the best. <laughs> Venom, 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 Venom. <laughs> it's almost not bad as well, which is upsetting. I mean, it is really bad, but it's like enjoyably bad, you know? It's probably the best song he's done in like 15 years. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so Spider Man, amazing, far from home. Though I'm far from home, I will defeat the other drone. Though I'm far from home, I will defeat the other drone. Though I'm far from home, I will. What is Far From Home about? It's about a young man uh, whose name is P.D. Parker. He has acquired some sort of spider powers. Mm-hmm. And with them, he fights crime. And also aliens sometimes. In this movie, he fights crime. And he also has to deal with the woes of being a high school student. And in love. Or at least in crush. With MJ. Um, in this movie... Most Spider-Man movies, in fact, every other one, I think, except for the Spider-Man movies that Spider-Man has appeared in but are not his own films, which we will not be discussing today, I don't think. He is a defender of one city in particular. That city? The city of New York. Far from home, bit of a departure in that Peter Parker makes a departure from New York City and from the United States of America to go where, you? Europe. Europe. He goes to the old country, to Italy. Like they take a take a bus ride, pause in Austria, mm. and they go to the Czech Republic, go to Prague specifically. Then from there they go to London. That's where the movie ends. That's that's the far part of the title, far from home. And while they just hang out in Europe and just have a pleasant school trip, and that's it. Yeah, they just. It's kind of like it's kind of like the uh, before trilogy, but with Spider Man. No. no, all is not well in jolly old Europe town. What? It's being menaced by some bizarre creatures called the Elementals. Why would they be called the Elementals? Because, Hugh, they are derived from, as everyone knows, the scientific principle of the four elements. Earth, wind, fire, and water. What about heart? No, that's not that's not one of the four elemental things. Well, it is. You're just you're just a deluded hippie. <laughs> so yeah, these 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 elemental monsters that are terrorizing parts of Europe. But luckily, Hugh, Spider-Man, you know, uh, Mr. Nick Fury of the Avenging movies wants Peter to step up to the plate, help defend the world after all he went through in the film Endgame. But luckily, Hugh, Peter, don't have to step to the plate because there's a new superhero in town, Mysterio, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, who, mm. whose world was it a pre, uh, uh, some sort of alternate dimension 
was destroyed by the elementals. Luckily, we found ourselves on Earth, their Earth, to stop the elementals. That's it. That's the movie. I guess he fights some people or something. I don't know. And uh, I think to talk about it properly, we will need to spoil yeah. bits of it. So, spo- spoiler alert right here. Spoilers! It turns out that famous villain Mysterio is actually a villain. <laughs> and if you were aware of the idea of comic <laughs> books, you were aware of this fact. <laughs> but yes. if you are, say, someone who doesn't, has never read comic books, who is not a weirdo? You do not know that. Like, if you were my girlfriend, for instance. Okay, so, Hugh, uh, there's, there's still a question in the air, which is, did you find... I, I You're a famous Spider-Man Homecoming fan. Did you find that Far From Home lived up to all those expectations? Or was it far from being a good movie? Was it Far From Homecoming, if you will? Yeah, sure. I won't, but you can say that. So I I must admit I was pretty disappointed with this, Ah, actually. That's a shame. I felt there was something flat about it. Um, And to be fair, on rewatching it, I did did think there's a certain flatness about Homecoming 2. But there I think it was alleviated, uh, for the most part, by the things that film did well. So for me, nothing really sunk in in this film mm. the, the villain story the mysterious story felt a bit perfunctory the mj love story which is like the central love story of spider-man canon felt a lot perfunctory mm. and and maybe worst of all it was short on jokes um or at least i got that impression and it's possibly just because the jokes were not up to the standard of its predecessor and as i sat through yet another climactic battle scene uh-huh. that that didn't really justify its existence in my opinion i just had to wonder is this where we are is this the mcu post end game uh-huh. it really just felt like we were going back to the same rather tired template another product off the line mm-hmm. and i don't really mean the template of superhero movies in general you mean the mcu templates Yes, like I'm not interested in like covert superhero movies that are embarrassed by their source material. Mm. Like I don't want more films like Logan, uh, which I thought was overrated because critics thought the the fact that it didn't seem like a superhero movie was evidence of quality or something. Mm -hmm. Um, At this point, I think we just have to accept the fact that superhero movies are a genre of movies. Yeah. Like, and I don't think that genre is exhausted. No. Um, I expect its popularity will ebb and flow. Yeah, that's, it's that's probably going to be with us. Yeah, for the long haul. Like even the Western, which had its heyday many years ago, still surfaces occasionally. So we'll probably see something similar. Um, but I, I am getting the feeling that the MCU house style is exhausted, mm. and and certainly Far From Home leads me to think that. Interesting. What did you think? Well, Hugh, I gotta admit. I enjoyed this film a lot. Wow. I, I you know I'm I, glad we can disagree. I can, I can see all your criticisms. I understand them, but I have to say, this movie was pretty much exactly what I wanted. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> little disposable, little generic, but this is like a perfect summer blockbuster to me. Hmm. 
I kind of wish I felt that way, but I, I just didn't. <laughs> wasn't taxing. It was it was breezy. I felt really good when I left the theater. I really enjoyed the romance between MJ and, and, and P. In contrast to your feelings, I thought it was well developed. I liked Zendaya, especially after watching Spider Man One and Two. I feel like, in contrast, her character is much more better, more developed and interesting than the Raimi version. You mean? Yes, and in I get Gwen Stacy and Amazing Spider Man as well. I think I disagree. Uh, I thought it was funny. White. I, I just really enjoyed this film a lot. I have to say. That's all I got. I don't, I don't have any deep feelings towards this movie, Hugh. I probably probably will have forgotten that I had watched it <laughs> in, in a couple of years. But in this moment, it really it really gave me a glow. Like the glow of young love. Exactly. Um, so so we, can, we can now be more specific about our, uh, our feelings about this film. We can. My issues... Uh, are really centered around the film's dramatic arcs. Mm. So one being the story of Peter Parker, or Petey, getting manipulated by Mysterio and coming to terms with uh, Tony Stark's legacy. And the other being the love story with with MJ. Mm -hmm. And I think the problem is that there's not really enough real estate in the narrative for either of them Mm. to, to be convincing. So with the, the Mysterio story first, what happens is is Petey decides to give the uh, super Tony Stark AI space drone power to Mysterio, this guy he really barely knows. Yeah. And he has to make this decision within the space of, like, one really brief conversation. <laughs> and I get that Mysterio is manipulating everything, and I think the idea in conception is fine, like... Peter Parker is young and naive and making mistakes is like Mm. part of the Spider-Man appeal, I think. But it's done so briskly that I didn't find it at all credible. Like, see, I found, I found that fleet footedness actually a a positive personally. Just because like, who cares? It's exactly. (laughs) I get that. That's, that's valid. I think. Like, I don't need a million scenes of him, like, earning his trust and all this nonsense. It's a movie. They're supposed to be, like... <laughs> Have you ever heard of Montage Theory? <laughs> <laughs> but, it, like, I just found that distracting to me. It didn't, it didn't like, carry me away with its, its briskness. It was kind of annoying. I thought, I thought it was... I thought, I thought every scene was a, a perfect little miniature of what it needed to be, to be honest. I did. I did find the the Spider Man, uh, the Iron Man stuff to be a little unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that either. I don't care about Tony Stark. I've never cared about Tony Stark. I I do enjoy them positioning Tony Stark as one of Peter Parker's many many daddies. <laughs> <laughs> this might, this is the record in Spider Man films. I think he has four surrogate fathers in this film, as far as I know. <laughs> let, let's list them. He's got Tony Stark, <laughs> Mysterio. Nick Fury, <laughs> Happy kind of as well. And yeah, Happy's Happy's uh, sticking it to his mom, his uh, adopted mom. So maybe you could, you could even include Martin Starr as, as a parental teacher figure. Yeah, and J- JB Smoove. <laughs> <laughs> it's a possibility of six. <laughs> so on, on sheer daddy levels alone, you. <laughs> this does deliver the daddies. Yes, yeah. I'll, I'll concede that point. But uh, uh, just going back to the Mysterio thing, it did make me question, like, 
the mysterious plan <laughs> yeah. because it's like I'm gonna you know I'm gonna pretend to be a hero for yeah. a bit, invent these new fake elemental things that I can pretend to fight, get Spider-Man involved, and then wait for it. I'm going to talk to him in a hologram of a bar. I mean, yeah, I could use an actual bar. There was no reason for it to be a hologram. <laughs> I'm going to stick with the hologram thing. That's what I know. That's my jam. Well, he, I mean, he, you know, he can control it. I don't know. That was, that was fine. But it's like it's like this really elaborate plan all the way to the, to the end point where it's like everything <laughs> relies on him convincing him in this one little friendly conversation in a bar. <laughs> I don't know. If, I, if I'm judging a movie based on, like... <laughs> If it's dramatically satisfying, then yeah, I'm like, this is a little silly. But I feel like you have to grade, I mean, at least I definitely grade, like, blockbusters and, like, entertainments like this on a different scale, you know? Uh, yeah, you definitely do make concessions, because obviously it stars a person who is a spider. <laughs> yeah. A Spider-Man, if you will. But I think, for me, this is evidence that it didn't quite work because it made me question those sort of things. Mm. Whereas otherwise I'm happy to roll along with it. Like it just depends on how, how enjoyable I find. There's no point in this movie that I, I question the, the logic of anything. So, mm. but I, I, I do generally agree with you. You, you really only notice there's like plot holes if you're not into a film in general. Yeah. It, like if it's not enjoyable enough on its own terms that you have room to, to question it. Yeah. Um, but I, I, on its own terms, you, I, I really enjoyed the hell out of this. Sorry to say. And you made the controversial point that you think the, the love story with MJ here uh, is superior to the previous love stories, both in uh, Sam Raimi's peerless original <laughs> yes. trilogy. I don't, know if it's, I don't know if it's controversial. But. And it's controversial to me. And and even uh, Mark Webb's uh, duology. Yeah, I do, Hugh. Uh, but yeah, this, this maybe annoyed me more than the Mysterio thing, actually. Mm. Um, first of all, it sort of jumps too far forward from what they had established in Homecoming. Mm. So the, the setup in Homecoming was that MJ was like a quirky outsider friend who has a crush on yeah. Peter Parker, but Parker is oblivious to it, and mm. he has this other romance going on um, with uh, Michael Keaton's daughter. Wiz. Wiz. But he doesn't get to a point where he he uh, transitions to MJ in that <laughs> particular film. And in this film, they're like, well, we want to start at that point. So let's just have him announce in the very first moments of this film, like, I love MJ now. And <laughs> it's, it's whatever. <laughs> like, literally, you were saying this, and I'm like, sure, okay. I don't care. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is contravening romantic comedy law, and I can't have <laughs> you, this. Like, the, the transition where you realize, oh, that, that person who's, uh, who's been with uh, me and my friend all uh, along is the person uh, I actually I love. That's I the care. joy. That's what I want to say. I want this to be yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I finally got it out of you, you fuck. <laughs> I just wish this was yesterday. Maybe I won't be able to fairly judge a film ever again now I've seen yesterday. Like, I just want every film to be that. I wish every movie was yesterday. So you can you can discredit everything everything I say about Spider-Man as well, far from home. In, in every film ever. So it's not so much how does this film stand up post-Endgame, it's how does this film stand up post-yesterday. Exactly. Which is indeed the criteria that we should apply to all works of art going forward. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Vases, chairs. Uh, uh, what are we doing? What are we doing? Talk about far uh, from home. But anyway, anyway, yeah. So, but I would have liked, I think that that fits in with the Spider-Man romantic stuff. I think it would have been good to, to have the arc of this film to be his realisation for his feelings for yeah. MJ, um, coinciding with, with her uh, coming to terms with it as well, even mm. though she's nursed a crush for longer, potentially. 
you know, and then that, that sort of dovetailing at the end, and then they get together, and then she can still find out he's Spider Man and have the same payoff at the end and stuff. That's fine. yeah, you know, I, I, I hear what you're but, saying. You know, but, I, just, uh, I, I didn't. I don't appreciate like them cutting out his realization. He could have even realized it early in the film. I, I just want to see it. I want to see the love. Hugh, Hugh, again, again, cinema, an art of illusion. But the problem is here, like that, it, it, it's it's bad narrative. Like we only know that he now likes MJ because he's told us at the start yeah. of the film. We haven't seen his his change of heart. We haven't seen him fall in love. I legitimately don't care. He's just told us. He's like, I'm in love now. And this I, is going to be the film. I, I legitimately don't care. You have no heart, my friend. That's true, I don't. Um, I agree. I like Zendaya. I think she's she's a she's a good interpretation of the character. And in some ways, more. I agree that she's more interesting than... Uh, than the bog-standard stereotypes in. Yeah, than the Gwen Stacy's and, and Mary Jane's of old. But she doesn't have much room in the narrative. I, I think she has far less development than um, the Mary Jane in the Sam Raimi films. I would say, no, I mean, because like, Mary Jane... In- and I don't, mean devel- I don't mean development in terms of complexity of the character as written. I mean, yeah, like, just like stuff to do. Presence in the narrative. Mm. Yeah, I mean, but it's not like good presence, you know? I think it is. I like that. I really like that element of the Raimi films. No, I, f- I found the I find the uh, Raimi films to be it. slightly regressive in this in this in this way, <laughs> where it's like in both the f- first one and the second one and the third one, it's it's MJ's gonna get killed. This is the worst thing that can happen. Yeah, that's true. That's a bad thing that can happen. <laughs> that's the whole that's true love. great power responsibility. And- <laughs> Yeah, taken yeah. to an extreme just, just in like, the Amazing Spider-Man dude, Two. Whatever. <laughs> we'll get to that. We will. What did you think about the uh, uh, reveal that um, J.K. Simmons is back as J. Jonah Jameson? And for some reason, that only hit me like after I left the theater. <laughs> really? That he wasn't already in the franchise. Like I was like, that's, that's so weird. Funny. He's actually from the Raimi Sony franchise, and that you know, like, yeah. it didn't hit me because I'm so used to him being J. Jonah Jameson. And he's kind of like I don't think of any other actor as J. Jonah Jameson. He he is like the he's probably the best portrayal of a comic book character there. Has yeah, been. I agree. Because like, there's no way you can. It's it's impossible to imagine J. Jonah Jameson without him at this point. Yeah. Well, like. The Amazing Spider-Man films mention him, but they don't show him. The, sec- the second one references him, but the- it doesn't mention show him. And um, I don't think anything else has shown him. Maybe he's in Spider-Verse somewhere. Yeah, possibly. I, I don't remember. That. Oh, man, I can't believe you forgot about Spider-Verse. I was making my list. Could <laughs> have uh, stuffed that in there, man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> man, my list is trash. <laughs> Um, oh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. So, so I, so I didn't get like a sudden hit of like, wow, I'm glad they've incorporated him, but I am glad they've incorporated him. Me too. And that leads me to a point about, uh, one element of this film. So when they do show JJ and Jameson here, he's got his own website and he's essentially like an Alex Jones yeah. type figure. <laughs> It'll be weird if they make Spider-Man work for him in the next one. <laughs> Spider-Man, go report on the fact that those shooting victims were fake. Crisis actor Spider-Man. Despite its breeziness, which you appreciated, this film did seem to want to have some contemporary resonance because the bad guy is essentially fake news and drone strikes. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> and there's there's also like a meta element to the spectacle of this film. That is also true. Because, in fact, computer-generated imagery is used for evil. Exactly. 
Just like how, just like how Disney, just like how Disney poisons the world with its garbage that it pumps into our our cultural landscape. Anyway. Uh, good. <laughs> Including this movie. I can just edit out the silence. <laughs> um, but yes, yes. So it is It is being self-conscious about its, its, uh, the way it deals with spectacle because Mysterio's whole uh, bag of tricks is to uh, show holograms of explosions and big battles and stuff. And there's even a sequence that is essentially like a reference to a behind-the-scenes feature. Yeah, there is. Where he instructs one of his underlings to make the explosion bigger and stuff like that. I, I extremely enjoy those sequences. And I, I do like, don't mind the idea of that. And I think, and that does fit in with Mysterio's character. That's what he's all yeah. about. And that kind of works. But it didn't necessarily make the actual action scenes any more enjoyable. And I don't think. No. I actually, I, I think, I think I, I agree with you. Except for I thought that the, um, the final battle in one of which is still had its like fair share of like, you know, just CGI gobbledygook, right? Yeah. I did. I did like the first-person web swinging sequences in that for some reason, which I have not liked in any of the other Spider-Man movies. So, taking us back to the Mark Webb incarnation in particular. Yep. A man who was hired because his name is Webb. I do want to give props to the design work of some of this film, though. Yeah. I like the Mysterio design. Me too. I like the fact that it hues pretty closely towards the original Ditko design. Me too. And I like. I like sort of the corporate-ish idea of it as well uh i do quibble at the metallic roman armor stuff but on the whole it does respect yeah. the the slight goofiness of the original yeah. comic uh and and the green smoke and green energy blast looked good yeah and they elevated some of the action scenes <laughs> and i like that they kind of have like an out for why the cgi in this movie looks a little dodgy too mm. <laughs> which is funny <laughs> I also didn't mind the, the fire elemental monster. The, the mm. water one looked kind of crappy. Yeah. Even though everyone says water effects, you know, miles ahead of what they used to be, still look shitty. Yeah, but it's still the hardest thing to do. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but the fire the fire elemental thing kind of looked like a claymation era monster or something. Yeah, a little Which bit. I kind of appreciated. Yeah, I also kind of like the design of those as well. It looks silly, but, like, that was in keeping. Yeah. Keep you with the, the, the silly film that we're watching. Uh, Tom Holland is reliably solid. I do find him a little wearying, actually, at mm. times. That's funny. Um, now that I've seen him in like three and a half films or something, I feel like he's Two basically the films. perfect like teenage Spider-Man. I like him. I think he was a good casting choice, but uh, mm. I don't know. He's a little G shucks or something. He's a little goody two shoes. <laughs> that's kind of what I like about him too. But like I said, he's normie Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, oh, we already said we liked Zendaya. Yeah. Um, Jacob Batalon is Ned. He's good. Good. I like Martin Starr as the teacher. Me too. Uh, so I also like J.B. Smooth as the other teacher. But I will say I'm disappointed that they didn't get Hannibal Buress back because mm. he has the best joke in the MCU so far, I think. I don't even remember. I don't even remember. It's just it, a lot of it comes down to Hannibal Buress's delivery, which is always a joy. Mm. Um, but he's just showing one of those Captain America uh, public service announcement videos uh, in school and he just makes a casual remark like where he says, I'm pretty sure he's a war criminal now, but we have to show this. <laughs> that but that was funny. like the best 
joke in, in in the MCU, in my opinion. Well, hopefully they bring him back for the third one. So hopefully, yeah, he comes back. But I do like the fact that they're going the the, the casting idea for for the this franchise is to utilize a lot of comedians for the teachers. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's a it's a good I, it's a good it's a good choice as well. I think that's a good choice because I always like JB Smooth and Martin Starr's pretty solid. Uh, I actually find Martin Starr to be annoying in most things, but I think I think he's pretty funny here. I like the bit with his wife. <laughs> he can be annoying, but I think he's good here. Yeah. Because he's quite understated. He is. He doesn't, like, uh, play up the annoyingness that much. What do you think about uh, Jake J? Uh, I thought he was good. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm liking Jake Gyllenhaal more these days. That's funny. Yeah, I thought, he, I thought he was pretty good, too. I read someone someone wrote that he had, like, Okia energy in this, and I was like, oh, God, I can't watch this movie. Yeah, no, God. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, thought he was, I thought he was pretty good as, in the role as written. I think he does really well with the rather ludicrous exposition-heavy monologue that he has to uh, get through. He makes that scene uh, campy and fun. Yeah. Um, but I think after that point, mm-hmm. after he's done the groundwork where he's pretending to be a hero and then he does the reveal... That's fun. That's good prime Jake Gyllenhaal stuff. After that point, there's not nowhere much to go, and it's kind of just becomes a boring villain. I like the. I, uh, I kind of enjoyed the end bit too, where he's like playing him. I don't know. Yeah. So, I guess we have our disagreements, you. Hmm. It's not a bad film, I don't think, but uh, I was a bit disappointed in comparison. I really, really like this movie a lot. It was just like the perfect disposable summer movie to me. Now it's time for the. Segment everyone's been waiting for. Yep. The Spider-Man ranking. start with our number nine number nine okay go for it my bro my number nine Uh is (gasps) the amazing spider-man one whoa you you want to know what my number nine is the amazing spider-man one the same movie i'm your skating spider skater dennis leary alligator i'm a strong garfield the spider I can skate with spider powers, spider skating, for 10 hours, Vanderbilt is my favorite writer. This movie radically posits, instead of being a nice guy, what if Peter Parker were an asshole? <laughs> and a creep. Under the silver lake, Peter yeah. <laughs> under this Under the Spider-Man lake. Um, I was expecting... The Amazing Spider-Man Two to be the worst one mm. from its reputation. I, I, I was. Amazing too. Spider-Man One is so much worse. It, it is. It's so much blander. Yeah, it's a it's an insane misfire. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Starting from the opening sequence where we see Spider-Man's parents, someone who no one gives a shit about. Oh, I hate I hate the background story about his parents. And and, he, this and is the, the film that oh, so gosh. obviously is like reflective of like the Dark Knight, you know. Mm. At least to me. That's definitely what I felt in this. Like, what if we made a serious Spider-Man movie? Which I feel like is even more evident in the sequel. But we'll get to that in a little bit. We'll get to that. And maybe a lot of it. So let's talk about Mr. Garfield. Yeah, let's talk about about the guards. 
So what is, what is what does Mr. Garfield do as his first section of Spider-Man? You, is he gonna wait a segue into his character? Does he a get beat up on the subway? B rip a woman's clothes off? <laughs> <laughs> or C stalk his girlfriend, his future girlfriend? <laughs> or D all of the above? <laughs> so so I think it's worth acknowledging the fact that. Out of all the people who have played Peter Parker, mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield is the one who looks most like the comics. Mm. But he's also the one who looks most like an adult. So. Yes, the male model vibe doesn't work with the character. No. And the whole conception of the character in this, in this movie doesn't work, which we'll get no. to. But if we're just talking about the physical look, yes. he's, he's got it down. His head yeah. is the right shape. They get the hair spot on. And he has the right lanky physique for when he wears the Spider-Man suit. But I, th- I think he's a little bit too attractive, as he, as you sort of mentioned with the... He's definitely too attractive, but that's that's another point. Yeah. Like, like Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland feel a bit more no, stolid. they're too scrawny. Whereas he has that lanky physique yeah. that, that works. Yeah. He looks good in the suit. The suit looks like garbage. <laughs> yes. Um, but So you mentioned he's too attractive, and he yeah. is, but... Let's also remember that the attractiveness is actually in line with the the rendition in the comics from a certain point onwards. So the <laughs> sure. original Ditko Peter Parker looks like a legitimate nerdy guy. Yeah. He's not gorgeous. No. He's kind of weird looking in that Ditko style. Yeah. But for most of the, the character's history, the design of Peter Parker has been informed by the, the John Romita Sr. version, where he became much more conventionally handsome. I think that was actually a controversial move at the time, but that's the one that sort of stuck around. So mm. even though he's there's still been remnants of the the nerdy character um, throughout the years, yeah, he's physically still attractive. He's, he's usually yeah. physically still pretty attractive the way yeah. they draw him. I've personally always preferred the Ditko version where he looks like a weirdo. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> but that really only exists in the Ditko drawn comics. It doesn't really exist anywhere yeah. else. Yeah, and I kind of I kind of like the ultimate. Spider-Man rendition too, where he just looks like a dweeby, like middle schooler. Okay, well, I didn't really know much about that. Bad. You don't have to read those. Those are for me only. But yeah, like as we've already alluded to, the the actual conception of the character here is this like skateboarding misfit, is an absolute train wreck. And it's not aged well. It feels more dated than um, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man films, <laughs> which is insane. <laughs> which are very dated. He wears like. Long sleeve shirts under t-shirts, <laughs> which is something that I used to do in the nineties. That's, that's that's insane. The the formative moment for him finding this abandoned skate park. <laughs> so weird. The other thing that really annoyed me about this the New York City vibe that is so important to Spider Man. Absent here, it does not feel at all like New York. No, it feels like a generic city. Even though uh, there is a, a moment where Garfield actually says the line, hey, watch out, I'm swinging here. <laughs> a line that is somehow more clunky than all of the cheesy comedy in the Raimi movies. Yeah, this is just like a cavalcade of off notes. The only part that I found, found somewhat enjoyable is the, uh, and this is something that I like a lot in failed franchises, which mm. is all the, the lingering like clues that there's a deeper mystery if you only yeah. watch the next and the next film. And you know what? <laughs> they never were revealed. Who cares? <laughs> I especially like the nonsense at the end of the... Did you watch the post credit scene for it? 
Yeah, yeah. I can't remember what it was, but I did watch it. Well, it's just, um, what's his name getting visited in bed? Uh, not in bed. In, uh, his, in his, uh, jail cell. It's just the wizard being visited in his jail cell by a mysterious man in black. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is like, that's never going to be explained. Let's talk about the suit, because uh, we already alluded to it. It's the worst Spider-Man suit by far. It looks like it was made out of a bath mat and a pair of novelty sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. But, you know what? I could believe that this Spider-Man, this Peter Parker would make it, so... True, true. Um, but some of the some of the actual effects, some of the swinging and stuff, it's not bad. Uh, yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. There's a weird moment in this that I kind of liked, where he's trying to find the lizard guy in the sewers, mm. and he makes this network of webs <laughs> God, this, this that he uses to, like, so pick up bizarre. vibrations. It was just weird. I kind of enjoyed that because it, it was the most distinct thing in the film, I think. I do think it is so funny that he had, you know, uh, labeled his camera with his name. <laughs> it would have been better if it had, like, his address on it, too, and his social security number. <laughs> um, I, really, I really did not enjoy the villain plot, the lizard guy played by, uh, what's his name? Rissa Fons. Yeah, because it was such a rehash of the first two Raimi Spider-Man films. Yeah, it's it's literally the same thing. Where it's a nice, it's a, a you know a well-meaning scientist maybe who has some rapport with Peter Parker has pro- has a problem. Is friendly with Peter Parker. Is one of Peter Parker's mini dads. He gets corporate pressure to yep. close down something or finish something quickly. I mean, it's yeah. literally yeah. the same thing. In he experiments like, on himself. Yeah, it's exactly it's, the it's, same. It's just the Green Goblin. Yeah. And it's also Dr. Octopus. Like, it's all exactly the same. Yeah. And he even talks to himself like Defoe. Yeah. And I thought, come on, man. You cannot reference the, the Citizen Kane of superhero movies. <laughs> wow. And also, where are the jokes? There are no fucking jokes in this film. Like, there's, there's one joke in the, in the film that I can remember. I only remember, hey, watch out, I'm swinging here. But what's, what's one you remember? Uh, there's a visual gag here. Hmm. Where... Peter's trying to get to his locker, but this high school couple keeps on making out and won't let him into his locker. <laughs> How do you not remember this, you? This is brilliant. What about the What about the great scene where he's he's fucking macking on MJ on the on the bleachers in the in the in the on the football field and the football gets thrown at them and then he throws it so hard because he's a Superman and it bends the goalpost. Hmm. Yeah. See, that's not a joke. It's a, it's a joke. I mean, I guess it might be an erection metaphor. Uh, did you enjoy Dennis Leary? <laughs> no. <laughs> did you enjoy Dennis Leary? Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this film's good. It's it's a worthless piece of garbage. So that's your number nine too. I assume our number eight is gonna be joint too. Maybe not though. Right, let's let's say it together, just this once. Okay. Ready? All right. Three, two. One. The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, wow. <laughs> I win. You do. Wow. Uh, <laughs> That's a choice. So it started with me, so I speak first. We've already discussed my reservations about Far From Home. Yeah. I think, I think there's a chance my opinion about it will change with time. Mm. Once I've had a, 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 a spell to reflect. Know, once I cool off. <laughs> But for the moment, after you get off that the the high murmuring that hippie entry in the Spider-Man franchise mm. for me. Mm. So now you can talk about the Amazing Spider-Man two. Why don't we talk about it when it comes up on your list? Okay. 
Well, why don't we just do that for every movie? Whoever, whoever ranks it higher, we'll talk about it. Talk about the movie then, okay? All right. So eight is Far From Home for me. Uh, eight for you is Amazing Spider-Man 2. Number seven for me is The Amazing Spider-Man 2. So we can talk about it now anyway. My number seven is Into the Spider-Verse. Let's start with The Amazing Spider-Man 2. So I think from the first moments of this film, it feels like a much better handled film than the first one. Um, so there's this opening flashback in the plane, which is to do with all that nonsense that he set up in the first which film. Is, which is terrible. But I think the sequence is quite tightly controlled nah. and just as a bit of filmmaking, nah. it's fine. Nah. So the first Amazing Spider-Man was shot on digital and I think with 3D in mind and here they revert back to celluloid. And it looks a lot better. Well, you know what? I have to say, I could not tell the difference, so... I noticed the difference. Or at least they use more lens flares and shit, so who knows. Um, the action is handled better in this film. He's uh, fond of the POV swinging shots. Mm, which he, I uh, did not enjoy. Mentioned. And slow-mo as well. Yeah, also bad. The swing physics look pretty good again. Um, and even though, yeah, I'm not always that fond of the POV slow-mo stuff... It's clear that there's more confidence in the way he stages the action scenes, and I can respect that they go for something. Uh, sometimes they have a really goofy video game feel because the CGI is kind of terrible. They, do, they definitely have a video game feel. It's it's worse than the first one somehow. Yeah, but I do respect that. Like it's it's silly. I didn't hate the the action scenes to be honest. The costume is better. Uh, I I thought it was bad. It's better than the first one. I, I thought it was as bad as the first one. It's not as bad as the first one. It doesn't have that uh, bath mat texture, I, which looks terrible. I thought it looked like garbage. The eyes look bad, though, the way they, the eyes looked wrong. Um, the love story between Garfield and, and Stone, who had a, who had an um, off-camera romance uh, as well, is creepy, stronger. Creepy as shit. <laughs> stronger, though. I think, I think Creep, there's Creepy more. as shit. There's some chemistry here. No, no. This is, this is a film about... A man and his victim. <laughs> a Spider-Man and his Spider-Victim. There's no skateboards. you got to give it that. <laughs> That's true. But he has a ridiculous haircut. You have to give it that. He does have a ridiculous haircut. Paul Giamatti is amazing. Yeah, but you have to concede that Dane DeHaan is terrible. Oh, yeah. The fake Leonardo DiCaprio guy. Yeah. And you have to admit, too, that while J. Fox... At first, it's in a very enjoyable, at least in my opinion, register as the crazy Spider-Man obsessed guy. As soon as he gets his electric powers, my enjoyment of his performance drops immensely. But also, also for the benefit of the people who haven't seen this, the reason his in performance is initially enjoyable is because it's so terrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's played like this, this nerd, and you can really tell that J. Fox hates nerds, I feel. Yeah. It's like he's, he, every instinct he had, Mark yeah. went, yeah, go with it. Yeah, that sounds great. His, his work, hair is insane. He's so unconvincing as, like, this uh, nerd guy. But it's enjoyable for that reason, at least in my opinion. But similar to the way Paul Giamatti is enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, but Paul Giamatti is barely in this movie. That's why, like, I didn't know, like, where that was going. I was like, why is Paul Giamatti, like, this minor character with this ridiculous performance at the start and then he comes back at the end he's obviously supposed to be in the the Sinister Six movie that never came out 
I really, I really enjoyed the sequence at the end where uh, Spider-Man is chasing Electro through the city, which is in a blackout, right? Hmm. And <laughs> Electro lights up a building, and his face is like made out of the squares of the <laughs> the lighting in the on the of each floor. It's so ridiculous. He's like talking to Spider-Man. It's like he's like, "What on earth is happening?" <laughs> so I, this film definitely has so much more. Uh, it has a funner vibe. It than does, the first but I still think it is fucking terrible. It, ha- it, it almost has a ma- uh, Spider-Man three vibes about it. I, I I resent you for saying that. <laughs> what did you think of the Gwen Stacy story here? I thought it was the controversial. I thought it was performed terribly. Gwen Stacy story. I like. I quite liked you're, it. You're I, was like, I can't believe they actually did that. <laughs> I can't believe. And I think it's trash. I think the Gwen Stacy story in the comics is also bad. Yeah, maybe, but I, I do. I do think I do that think it, it makes somewhat some like, sense. It is somewhat risky to do that in a major blockbuster like this. Hmm. But at the same time, it just reduces her to being a, a, a like a engine for his tragedy. Like she doesn't exist except for him. I think it all women's whip on you, Hugh. But but I mean, like that is something you could level against every single superhero film. Yeah, <laughs> and that's kind of the point. But that that is kind of it. it, it it's it's kind of a brave move in that um, all of the other films sort of skirt around the idea of, of the fact that he endangers people yeah. by letting them in, and that's why he has to push people away. Like the Raimi films get mileage out of that. At least the yeah. first two installments, certainly. Yeah. Um, but this actually goes well. There's actual consequences to that. It's not just going to be that he has to save her all the time. I just, you, I just and need, I rescue her from the, death. I don't need the consequences. I don't. And the way they actually uh, shot the death scene was uh, was, was quite terrible. interesting. I thought it was like so pornographic. The way he catches her, and then she hits the ground, and then the blood wow. comes out of her nose. I thought that was well handled. I thought, I thought it was really bad. I do concede that it's you know it's the the. It, does this count as iceboxing or whatever it's called? Fridging? Fridging, yep. It does. Yeah, it is that, of course. But still, like, if you want to tell the story about actual consequences, that's how you do it. Uh, well, Hugh, it's I, don't, I disagree. <laughs> There's so many other ways you can show the consequences of, of Peter Parker being an asshole than <laughs> killing a person. I mean, they've already done that. The Uncle Ben story, like, but we can talk about. We, let's, Uncle Ben was fridged as well. Yeah, but he, why is it just no. women? <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about Uncle Ben. Well, let's let's talk. Let's talk about Uncle Ben right now. You know, Uncle Ben has a death wish. He's asking to get killed. <laughs> In both the Amazing Spider-Man and Spider-Man, the original trilogy, his death is so preventable. Well, why would you ever stand up to a mugger? Come on, man. That, he's being a good citizen. What a Egyptian. No, he's not. He's being heroic. He's asking to get killed. He's not asking to he get is. killed. He's doing the right thing. Uh, in fact, th- watching these movies inspire, it has inspired me to write a Spider-Man comic where Uncle Ben hates Peter Parker and, and wants to die. This is his cry for help, Hugh. And he gets the help he needs. I, w- I will. I will uh, concede one point in the fact that he was just stopping a guy like running away with cash or something. Yeah. Right? It's not. He wasn't intervening no. in someone being assaulted or anything. No, it's not. It's it, it, it makes it. It's even worse. And I mean, 
<laughs> in in the original Spider-Man movies, it's, it's it's so dumb because it's not even like him stopping the guy with the cash. He's just refusing to get carjacked, you know. Hmm. Which you let him take your car. <laughs> I mean, you're the sole provider for your son, your your surrogates, your adopted son, and your wife. <laughs> like your wife is more important than whatever moral principle you're throwing away. Aunt May has to work double shifts at the fucking diner <laughs> because he threw his wife away. You, <laughs> Uncle Ben is a terrible person. What about that weird? We even talk about that weird scene in the Amazing Spider-Man where uh, he gets pissed at Peter for uh, not walking his aunt home from the subway station. Hmm. Just so strange and feeds into the film's overall paternalistic viewpoint towards women. <laughs> In both of these movies, Peter Parker is a dirtbag. Why isn't he get a fucking job? Why doesn't he start helping his, his aunt pay the bills? He does. No, he of. doesn't. No, he doesn't really. Um, <laughs> but the Uncle Ben thing, right? Like, symbolically, the point of it is that... Uh, uh, Uncle Ben was the, born to die. <laughs> no, no, that... The, that Peter Parker, like, selfishly refuses to intervene when the mugger is running yeah, past whatever. him. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, but his dad, his, I don't know, his fake dad, <laughs> uncle person, uh, displays a contrary moral courage that, that he lacked at the time. And that's supposed to be the dichotomy that yeah, it sets up. Whatever. I mean, at any rate, he's a functional part of the narrative, just like Gwen Stacy is, to serve our hero's story. Another another knock against P, uh, the uh, Amazing Spider-Man two. It's, it might be. Is it the only Spider-Man film without a daddy, including Venom? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I guess they have. Well, I guess they have his actual father, but he's not like present in the film. Yeah, but the first one had his relationship with the scientist guy. I guess yes, yeah. a sort of daddy. Yeah, and he had his daddy for parts of the film as well, and Martin yeah. Sheen. Uh, yeah, I guess this doesn't. No daddies. So this is why it's a disappointing film. Not disappointing. It's, it's it definitely has its moments. I I laughed harder than I I laughed at any of the other Spider Man movies during this film too. Mm. I think it's quite a, enjoyable. I was surprisingly no, enjoyed. I I I there are moments in this film that I thought were enjoyably trashy, <laughs> and there are some points of it that are campy and fun too. I don't want to sell yeah. it too Like the Paul Giamatti stuff is good. I, I did enjoy Electro's whole stupid origin story where he falls mm. into a vat of fucking electric eels. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> but there's too much of this film is just given to, like, the... What, what was Peter Parker's... The, their father... His father's Yeah, the origin story, story nonsense is so yeah, stupid. It's, and it, it's, it's overwhelming in this film. And it totally fucks up the... Uh, uh, Harry Osborn story as well. Mm. Which Spider-Man 3 does brilliantly. There's a sequence in this, in this film where Peter Parker puts up this weird web of... It's like a combination of what what happened to my father plus I'm going to start stalking this girl who broke up with me. Mm. And there's something that he writes on a, on a piece of paper here. Do you remember what it says? No. It says, Do I have to lose you too? Oh, over that's a picture right, yeah. of Gwen Stacy. On a, a post-it note. And, you know, I... I guffawed at this sequence. <laughs> Knowing what I know about the about the end of the film. 
it's a it's a it's a dumb movie, but with, definitely not without its pleasures. Unlike no, the I first think it's one, quite. Which is I think it's quite enjoyable. Which is like it's dour. a big step up. No, I would say this there's is like a, nothing to enjoy. I, in the I first would say one. if the if the original Amazing Spider Man is an F, this is like a D plus. No, no, this is much higher than that. This is this is fun. <laughs> Our pities have reversed. <laughs> I thought this film was a slog. It's better than Far From Home. <laughs> it's, not, it's not better than Far From Home. I mean, it probably isn't, but anyway. <laughs> so why, don't you, why don't you shut up? Shh. All right, uh, should we go on to the next one? What's your number seven? Uh, my number seven is, is Spider-Earth, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. All right, what's your number six? Uh, my number six is Venom. What? That's also my number six. Do you single now? I'm a symbiote, I'm an alien invasion, I'm a nimble goat, that's G-O-A-T, the greatest of all time. My name is Venom and I like to rhyme. Venom, a very enjoyable film. It is, it is. And you were so reticent to watch it too. Yeah, I was, but it was, it was, I'm pleased I did. But Tom Hardy, excellent performance. I like how ill-suited he is to what this film requires yes. of him at points. Yes. Like, especially when he's required to make light banter or jokes <laughs> yeah. with people. And he's, he's bad at it. Like the, like his, he is, but he's, his, he's got too much of that regime with dark the, intensity. The hopeless woman, for instance. And also, he can barely enunciate. He like, can. he does not enunciate well. He no. can barely understand what he says most <laughs> of the time. And that works for some characters, but when he's yeah. required to make light jokes, it doesn't. No, it just does. <laughs> Which makes it even more enjoyable, of course. Yes. I think this is a film that that feels like it's about fifteen years after its time. Yeah, it does. Which is again one of its strengths. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. It's a lot of fun. I think it is. There's a scene where that is stuck with me. That is, it's, it's the funniest thing to me, where he, he's eating the live lobsters at the restaurant. <laughs> I love that scene so much. <laughs> And also, I think I think it's worth pointing out in the context of all these superhero films, I often criticise the CGI nonsense mm. battles. This has a great CGI nonsense battle <laughs> with the, the, the two venoms at the end. Yeah, Because it's okay. so absurd and physically impossible, like there's no way you could approach this practically. No, no. That it works. It's like goofy yeah, CGI. Yeah, so gummy I, nonsense. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was <laughs> did, good. Did you enjoy the scene where... Uh, what's her name? Michelle Williams, who... In fairness, if I'm going to criticize one movie's <laughs> shitty gender roles, uh, this movie also has some weird gender things. Yes. <laughs> but I did quite enjoy the scene where <laughs> Michelle Williams has uh, been grafted onto the Venom symbiote and to give it back to Tom Hardy, she <laughs> has to make out with him <laughs> as, as Lady Venom. <laughs> <laughs> it is so funny. <laughs> but also, do you know my favorite bit of this film? Can I, okay, it, it, maybe the same bit is, is my favorite bit of, of the film as well. I hope it is. Well, let's let's see. My favorite bit of this film. It's it's similar to that, but it's uh, it's the scene where they're in a, in a cab uh-huh. and or 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 she's or Michelle Williams is driving him somewhere or something, mm. and he's in the back seat, and. Um, Venom is like giving him a, a romantic advice, so uh-huh. it's essentially Venom, Cyrano de Bergerac. <laughs> <I thought> that, <laughs> was that is funny. Perfect. I, I like the bit at the end where she's like, "Oh man, it's a shame that Venom died." And Venom's like, "You're gonna get her back, right?" 
<laughs> Venom is the Chad. <laughs> but I feel my hero part of the movie is this is by far my hero part of the film is when Venom, you know, he's been kind of an anti-hero up to this point. Mm-hmm. But do you know what finally causes him to see the angels and turn to the side of the light? When he comes to the realization that <laughs> he was a loser on his own planet. Much like Eddie Brock is a loser on Earth. <laughs> and there's something about that line that is so funny to me. Where he's just like, you know, Eddie, back on my planet, I was kind of a loser. <laughs> that was so like funny. Bundy. Yeah, exactly. So funny. Um, and of course... The Eminem song that it ends with. <laughs> yes, which you've, already, which you've already done. Venom, Venom, Venom. But you, and it's blessedly short. You, it's, yeah, if you take it out is. the credits, which is like 15 <laughs> minutes, it's a solid 90 minutes. Yeah. You know, Hugh, bring on Venom too. I, I will watch the hell out of that. I saw this movie yeah, that was good twice stuff. in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> once <Wow>. by myself. <laughs> and once with my brother. Wow. Not a villain, no. I'm saying no. They don't love you like I love you because I'm carrying on. Now, shall we move on to our number fives? Yep. My number five is Spider-Man 3. Mm. I know what your number five is. I'm going to guess it's Homecoming. It is indeed. So, uh, given that it's neither of our... It's going to be the highest on either of our lists. No. Okay, move on. Move on to number four, which is Homecoming. Spider-Man is gone. So, homecoming. Yeah, we have to talk about another episode. My opinion of it. I never. I didn't rewatch it for this, so didn't really change. It's kind of just like a whatever film for me, but it was enjoyable. You know. I just like compare. It just did the things right that uh, Far From Home I thought did mm-hmm. wrong. You know, I feel like I. I feel like my homecoming. My uh, Far From Home was to me what homecoming was to you. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah, it sounded like that. I probably should have put Venom over Homecoming. If I'm being honest with mm. myself, I would have put it there, but I didn't. But yeah, I thought Homecoming was a lot funnier. Mm. We mentioned that great Hannibal Rest joke, which yep. carries the entire film as far as I'm concerned. It could be garbage <laughs> and still have that joke, and it would be great. Okay. And I like Michael Keaton. I think he's good in it. The Vulture is a good villain. And also, even the it doesn't suffer from being weighed down by the CGI spectacle. The final fight is fairly contained and straightforward. I, I, I literally do not remember it. I wouldn't have remembered it either, um, mm-hmm. but I've seen it twice now, ah, so I do remember so there it. There you go. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's fairly minimal. It doesn't last very long. It's two-person fight. That's it. I, I watched this film only a year ago, and it's already vanished from my mind. So. And it does have flat spots. But yeah, I, I do like it. What's your number four? My number four is... This is going to be a controversial pick, I think. Spider-Man number two. Wow. Yeah. All right, yeah. What's your number three? My number three is Into the Spider-Verse. My love life's getting worse And I'm stuck in the Spider-Verse so I guess we'll have to talk about that now because that's the highest ranking. But we've also already talked about that on a previous episode. We will. So we don't have to go too much into it. Um, but I, yeah, I, was, I, w- I wasn't sure at the time if I liked it more than Homecoming, but on revisiting Homecoming, I think I, I you might. do. I might. You um, might. You just might. 
I, I guess I do because I've ranked it now. Um, and I just, I just think the aesthetic is so mm. pleasing and it's so charming that it overrides some of its flaws and limitations. Yeah. See, I guess I didn't. I liked some of the style, but I still think it suffered from being a 3D film instead of a 2D one. I, I think it's probably my favorite 3D animated film that I've seen in my entire life. Hmm. But at the same time, I don't really like it. <laughs> I think there are moments where the style does overcome, for me, the inherent limitations of doing that sort of 3D animation. But there are still enough times where there's just like, you know, some of where they don't stylize it at all, and I'm just like, this looks like garbage. So, um, and I, you know, I like the the I like the Miles Morales and Peter Parker, you know, <laughs> daddy son relationship. Yeah, I like I, I like Miles Morales a lot in this. I think he's one of the stronger protagonists. Yeah, but I, I do think they kind of bungle his story, though. Yeah, I think I, I didn't in, I didn't like the Uncle Ben thing, even though that yeah. was from the comics. I didn't yeah. think that was set up very well. No, I don't. Or explained I very well. <laughs> it was kind of bizarre. Yeah. And I think we already talked about, yeah, the, the weird relationship with the police and stuff. And I think, you know, I think it would have been a better film if it had been the second one of them. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, if they had a film just to establish Miles Morales and, like, his world, and then you could have this one that's, like, I mean, while, while the stuff up with the Spider-Verse is really enjoyable, you know, it still kind of, like, makes the specific, like, plot lines of the universe at their end feel lessened to some degree, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true, that's true. So, I feel like it... I don't know. Are they... Have they announced they're making a yeah, sequel Yeah, they're making a it? sequel. Okay. And I must say, except for the Amazing Spider-Man movies, I really like all the Spider-Man movies, so... My low ranking means nothing. Basically, it and Venom and Homecoming are interchangeable <laughs> to me. Yeah, I mean, like, as a series, like, even though I thought the Amazing Spider-Man films would be awful going in... I mean, one of them um, is awful. One of them is awful, and one of them is not, is not as bad but as yeah, it would be. But yeah, I feel like, yeah, as, like, a superhero series, it's it's got the highest batting average, I think. Yeah, that's a pretty solid series. Um, so that's uh, Into the Spider-Verse, was it? Is that where we're at? Yep. And we're at least number three. What's your number three? My number three is the original Spider-Man. Wow. <laughs> Holy fuck. No, actually, I think... Okay, I'm actually going to switch that. I had that originally, but I think I'm going to make Far From Home number three, actually. So number three is Far From Home. No, I am far from home. I will I can't believe you had Far From Home above you know Spider-Man 1 and 2. I'm going to kill you. I was, <laughs> I was on the high of that summer blockbuster, but now I have it just above 2. Alright, so Far From Home is number 3 for you. Wait, what's your number 2, Hugh? My number 2 is... Dun, 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 Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2. Yeah. But I gotta say... I was a little disappointed by. Um, it's it's weird. It's weird how many people consider it the the pinnacle of the franchise. Um, and even if we're just talking about the Raimi ones, yeah. Um, I've always thought of it on par or less than the first. Uh, one. I, it feels so. It's so similar to it. It is so similar, and especially the Doctor Octopus stuff. I, I think it has some. Yeah, I feel like that's the weakest part of the film, actually. And I, it's weird to me that so many people are like, "Oh my god, he's such a." you know, nuanced villain. I know, he's not. No. 
it's it's the same it's the same thing in like this. I feel like the Sandman in Spider Man Three is more nuanced than he is. You know, yeah. <laughs> but it's not, not to say that the Sandman is nuanced, but <laughs> well, he's, he's composed of tiny little particles of nuance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that sense, he is very nuanced. But, but so are we all technically. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> so we're all over nuances. I mean, Alfred Molina is pretty good as as Doc Ock. But the character is written is pretty, pretty flat. I, even though I really enjoyed the sort of but like. But it was Michael Shabon, so it must be good. Yeah, okay. Shabon, Shabon, Shabon. Shabon on you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I do like the sequence when he awakens, even if it did feel a little bit similar to like the gothic, um, sequences in the first Batman movie. Hmm. Uh, but I like it when he's like stabbing all the scientists. With his his. his Tentacles. Yeah, that was everyone. Everyone marked that scene as the Raimi moment. Yeah, it, it is pretty Raimi-ish. I mean, especially when he like, gets the chainsaw. You're like, okay. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 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 don't, I, I, I didn't find the the MJ and Peter see, like sequences to be that satisfying or enjoyable. It does contain the best moment in any Spider-Man movie of all time, though. Which is? Uh, it is. It is one line, Hugh. Hmm. Okay, are you ready? <clears throat> Avenge me! <laughs> yes, true. And I always forget which film that came in. Me um, too. But yeah, it, it's this one. It is magnificent. Anything with Willem Dafoe yeah. is magnificent. <laughs> that is why the Spider-Man one is better, too. Yeah, I do think Willem Dafoe and that whole arc with the Green Goblin is a lot better yeah. than the Octopus one. I agree. Because it, it, just, it just feels the Captain Octopus. It was Captain Fantastic. That's his villain. That's the yeah. villain. Did you notice how bad the CGI was when he stops the train? Um, not really. But I, didn't, I, I thought that scene... I, I, I mean, it's just like... I mean, so many people like remarked on that scene in review, reviews and stuff, right? Hmm. But it's like the same scene in the first movie. But like the CGI actually holds up well in these first two Spider-Man films for, yeah, for its age. I agree, because they, they, they use a mix of practical and, and digital effects. I mean, 3 is probably the worst at it. Yeah. But well, it's because the first two, I think, I think it's the first two, at least the first one was, was um, supervised by John Dykstra, who's an old school practical effects ILM guy. Mm, so it would be that at some... Yeah, so I think it had grounding there. Um, but yeah, but they, they do make a misstep because when they need to render CGI Spider-Man stopping a train, mm. they've already taken off his mask in a previous yeah. uh, sequence. So they have to render like a human face. So there's like a shot of that that looks absolutely garbage. Yeah, I can't see it really. When it's not the actual me. superimposed Tobey Maguire, that is. I can't, I can't see it really. Um, me, so. Yeah, that that was the one thing that stood out. But otherwise, the CGI is surprisingly aged well. I think because and because it, it has like a comic book goofiness to it. It does. So it doesn't need to be that photorealistic. No. So it kind of works. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed Spider-Man 2. It just felt like a continuation of what Spider-Man yeah, I, I was doing, but not superseding it. I, I, do, th- I do think it's... I don't know. I, I, I think it, has, it is more flawed than the first one is. Yeah, I think I agree with you. But I think they work it is, well it as is, like a pair. Yeah, for sure. Um, as a continued story. Not so much as a trilogy. But <laughs> no, I do really like the scene where uh, MJ forces her uh, fiancé to kiss her a la Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yep, okay. My number two is Spider-Man, no number. <laughs> mm. 
Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you knew I was going to do this. Yeah. This is like, you know, uh, I'll quote from a great man. Uh, that, is Spider-Man 3 the best <laughs> Spider-Man movies? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> is it goofy? <laughs> it's silly and deeply flawed? Yes. But Hugh, did it give me the most pleasure? <laughs> anyway, but we're not talking about that yet. We're talking about... We'll get to that. We'll get to that. So your number two is Spider-Man 1. Yes. Which is your number one, presumably. Which is my number one, yeah. Mm. Which we'll get to. So now I guess we'll talk about it now, because my number one is... The original Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Just a great film. Just a great comic book film. I do think this is the pinnacle of like superhero films in general, mm. and revisiting them gives me that feeling. I, yeah, it is pretty good. Especially because I've revisited them since watching a lot of the MCU films. Yeah, and I think it holds up really well. It has it has more of a heft and weight and emotion to it than the Homecoming Far From Home films, as much as I like Homecoming. For sure, for sure. I really like the the melodrama. Mm, me the, too. And it's a particular comic book brand of melodrama that works really well. Me too. And is part of the Spider-Man legacy, and I really enjoy that, and I think this is one of the best realizations of it. You can, you can kind of, like, look at the every all the movies as different, like, eras of comic books to a degree. Mm. Like, these are such, like, you know... Goofy, like, Stanley, um, Ditko, like, super melodramatic, like, goofy, weird stories, right? Yeah. Um, and then the Amazing Spider-Man are, like, the, like, 80s, you know, like, the dark period. Yeah, all and, the 90s. Even. Yeah, and then the, um, MCU ones are more like modern comics. Yeah. So... Yeah, interesting. But yeah, I really, I really like Spider-Man One. I yeah. think it holds up well. I agree. I love Willem Dafoe. He's the, he's the best he's, villain. He's the best Spider-Man villain. Yes, by far, maybe the best he's, superhero he's, villain. He's so good at acting under that mask as well. It's like the right belt. It's like you hire someone who has genuine acting like menace, yeah. chops. Yeah, the two. And you give them a role they can really sink their teeth into, and they, they're not ashamed to be campy and no. fun. I think it's perfect. It's yeah, just he the is. Perfect he balance. is great. I actually think. The tonal balance of the film in general is is its greatest strength. The balance between the melodrama, the romance, the humor. I, I agree. And the campiness. Actually, that's, that's another really thing. Well. I think another problem with Spider Man Two, honestly, is that it gets it feels like the balance is a little off. That's true. It's it's a little bit less campy. Yeah, there's a little too much like jokey bits. I think. Mm. There's like this prologue scene where, where Spider Man's on the elevator, so it's just like, okay, come on. Um, I like Spider. I like Spider Man in this movie as like an ultimate incel, <laughs> <laughs> who has the girl like throwing himself at him. It is like, no, I must reject her advances so I can protect the city. That's hardly incel. Yeah, no, it, it's pretty incel. It's like the opposite of incel. No, no. Uh, I, I, re- I, you know, I have to say too, I really enjoy James Franco in all three of the Rainy movies. Yeah, I enjoy him too. He's a sex criminal. I think the Sam Raimi's aesthetic works perfectly with mm. Spider-Man. People say yeah, like that, you know, it only comes out really with the the Doctor Octopus scene. Yeah, I, I completely to. disagree. Like the sense of humor is like. But the whole thing feels like Raimi, yeah. like especially his his post Evil Dead work. Yeah, for like sure. Like Dark Man and uh, 
the quick and the dead and all that sort of stuff. Veteran 2 is definitely the one that feels most like an Evil Dead movie, which is what most people are like, oh, that's Raimi. Yeah, exactly. But he's he's very much about this sort of popcorn entertainment. Yeah, for sure. With a certain bent. And I think he retains a, a distinctiveness. But I, I think I actually kind of don't like Tobey Maguire that much in these movies, to be honest. I do like Tobey Maguire. I think he's the weakest element. But I think he's like he's like fine. He's not my platonic ideal of Peter Parker. I, ironically, I think his best performance in any of the three movies is in Spider-Man 3. <laughs> Just that one scene in particular. <laughs> yeah, which is great. Where incel Peter Parker becomes allows his Chad flag to fly. Anyway, we both like Spider-Man 1 a lot. Yeah. And now it's time for your Mission Impossible 2 moment. <laughs> which is my favorite Spider-Man movie. Not a perfect film. Many would consider it not even a good film. But in terms of the things that light up the pure pleasure ions in my brain, it's it's all there. You got Topher Grace as Eddie Brock. You got Spider-Man dancing in the street, hating on chicks. It is a perfect film. That's all I have to say. Is it overstuffed? Yes. Is it goofy and, in some parts, even bad? Yes. But does that stop me from loving it, Hugh? Does it? No. I remember thinking this was not as bad as everyone was saying it was when I first saw it. Mm. And then I revisited it maybe last year. Mm. I was like, oh, wow, this is kind of bad. <laughs> it still has those enjoyable moments. I still yep. really enjoy the, the I feel like, Parker. I feel, like Raimi, stuff. I feel like Raimi's touch comes through more than people typically say it does as well. I, it is clear a compromised production. Yeah, like the, the idea of shoehorning in the villains that yeah. weren't originally supposed to be in it and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah, so Venom was forced on by uh, A.V. Arad, so... So, Venom... Venom, Venom! <laughs> you know, for um, a character I don't like that much, Venom's in two really great films. <laughs> yeah. In the so comics, I can just, enjoy... He's trash. I can enjoy Spider-Man 3 on the, like, it's so messy and goofy level, right? right? But the thing that bristles against me when I'm actually watching it is the retcon Sandman kills uh, Uncle Ben nonsense. Yeah, that part, that part is stupid. I hate that. Even yeah. though if you told me that, like, off the page, I'd say that's so ridiculous. Maybe that's a good bad thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't like I don't, actually watching that. I don't like you that much. Either. I don't like the way it like affects the previous two Spider Mans, no. which I want to keep kind of All separate right. from number three a little bit. <laughs> Should we talk about who the? Because obviously Cliff Robertson's the best Uncle Ben. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. But we we should say our favorite for each each uh, iteration of the characters that have, have uh, <laughs> come across. Okay. Which wow, could be, yeah. Could be tough. Okay, ready. So just looking at this. Okay, who is our favorite Spider-Man? Should we start with the big ones or we should start pretty well? Let's start with the low characters. Okay, so who is our favorite George Stacy? Dennis Leary or James Cromwell? Who I completely forgot was in Spider-Man 3. I even think of James Cromwell just based on the fact that it's James Cromwell. Yeah, I agree. Let's go with that. Okay. Who do you think is a better... Gwen Stacy, Bryce Dallas Howard in Spider-Man 3, or uh, Emma Stone. Stone. Yeah. 
I'm going to go with Emma Stone. I have to go with Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard felt like it what felt like she was appropriate to the comic book universe, I must say, yeah. but I, I prefer Emma Stone, I think. I, I thought Emma Stone is, I, I think she's a fine actress, but uh, completely wasted in, in this movie, so. Uh, I forgot to mention one thing about La La Land when I talked about rewatching <laughs> it, which is the fact that she has giant eyes that are kind of far apart and Ryan Gosling has tiny eyes that are close together. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> That's, they complete each other. <laughs> yeah. I've always said that she should play an anime character. She looks like a Disney princess made manifest. All right. So, who is the best Flash Thompson? Joe Magniello and the Rainy movies? The kid from Grand Budapest Hotel and the MCU films? Or a random skinhead guy in Macy's Spider-Man 1? Uh, well, I'm trying to remember what the original Flash Thompson in the Raimi ones looks like. I'm just going to look him up. He's just like a jock. He's just like a jock. I kind of like that Flash, actually. Really? <laughs> in the Macy's Spider-Man? Raimi one. Oh. No, no, the Raimi one. The Raimi one. <laughs> He's okay. I- I'm going to have to go with the Tony Rivalori, though. I think he's fine, but I don't like that conception of the character that much. Like, like as in, like, he's an, a fellow nerd, and it doesn't, his, like, his bullying doesn't make much sense. Like, there's no, it's not really explored as to where it's coming from. It's, but, but that's why, that's why I kind of like Far From Home and Homecoming, is that in, I mean, in the first Spider-Man movie, it's just like a, you know, it's just a generic, like, Hollywood high school, basically, you know? But the same one, there's kind of, like, intimation that it's, like, a weird magnet school. But in, in yeah. Homecoming, it is a magnet school. Everyone there is, like, someone who's tested it, so obviously everyone there is going to be, like, a nerd, you know? So, I, yeah. I, I kind of like that aspect of it, actually. Anyway. Do we have to agree and, like, both give it to him? Yeah. Uh, That's right, motherfucker. <laughs> let's All go right. with him. Uh, who is the best Harry Osborn? <laughs> is it James Franco or Day Dog? James Franco. <laughs> yeah. I don't think of what other characters uh, have in MJ. MJ. Well, let's let's go with the. We got to do Norman Osborn, obviously. <laughs> is, do you think it's Chris Cooper? <laughs> or Willem Dafoe? I think I might have to go with Chris Cooper in that one. I think scene. we'll have to go with uh, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> what? Oh, I guess I'll have to disagree then. Um, yeah, Chris Cooper is amazing. <laughs> in that one scene. I forgot he was even in it. God, he was. Yeah, anyway. Uh, okay, so. Uh, Who's the best MJ? I like Kirsten Dunst as MJ. Mm. I think I went to go with Zendaya, actually. I also like Zendaya, but I don't like... I think they, what they give... Uh, I think they, what they give MJ her is better. To do and is better. No, I disagree with you, actually. She's just kidnapped bait in those Raimi movies, Hugh. That's fine. <laughs> uh, who is the better Aunt May? I think we'll, we'll go with Marissa Tomei. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll have to agree with that. Right. Now, who's the best Uncle oh, I Ben? I do like the first one. Uh, the Raimi guy. <laughs> Cliff Robertson? Yeah. Yeah, Martin Short, you know, I love him as an actor, but it's not really given anything to do in... in uh... It doesn't feel any different. No. <laughs> it doesn't feel like a different <laughs> They could have direction. had the same... I mean, but it's like, you can't really go... Like, what direction are you going to go with Uncle Ben, you know? Well, they sort of reinvented Aunt May, so... That's true. They could have done something. They should have made him a hippie. That would have been enjoyable. But again, like, Andrew Garfield is too old, so they yeah. couldn't, like, Marissa Tomei is, like, his age. So <laughs> he's he's like... <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I love affair. Oh, I love that. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, do we all, all we have left is Spider Man? Is there any others? Yeah, that'll do. Great. Who's the best Spider Man here? Think Who's we the can... best Venom? Oh yeah, Venom. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go have to go with. Um... Ooh, that's a tough one. I feel that both the Tom Hardy iteration and the Tobey Maguire have their charms. They do. Topher Grace, I mean. Topher Grace really plays up the scumbag aspect of uh, of Venom quite a bit. And he also, like, is a perfect counterpoint to Tobey Maguire as an actor. Like, it really, they seem very similar, but, yeah, like, but he has this weird ends. energy, too. Yeah. And he's, he's pretty great in that film. But I think I might have to give it with, to, to Tom Hardy. Yeah, I'll agree there. Um, but I will say it's, it's a close one. All right. Now, is this is that it? Yep. Do you have one more surprise one? Okay, so Petey Parkey. I think we can both agree that Andrew Garfield not, is not, the best. No, yeah, is, is not our choice. No, despite his physical resemblance yes. to the comics. Yes. And, you know, I already voiced some of my frustrations with Topher, or, uh, Toby Maguire earlier. Topher Maguire? Topher Maguire. They're all coming together in my brain. Cause they, were they both? Topher wasn't in the Pussy Posse. I think we already established that. Yeah, right? he was, he's the he's the insult to Toby Maguire's chest. I think my problem with Toby Maguire is that the movie is like, wow, this guy is such a great guy, but he just seems like a creep. He doesn't seem like a creep. creep he, to he me. He seems like a creep to me. Andrew Garfield was more of a creep. He also seems like a creep. <laughs> <laughs> the only non creepy Spider Man is is Tom Holland. <laughs> so yeah, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna give it to Tom Holland. I'm gonna give it to Maguire. I know. And that's it. That's our Spider Man special.